Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. You know, uh, I'm not a book guy. I told you that. I'm a podcast guy. Uh, I got a four-year-old at home, and he he runs around everywhere, so it's kind of hard to read. Uh, but but I, I, I brought a book. It's called... Uh, High Hopes by Gary Barnett and Coach Cooper that I, I worked for at WT. Uh, when I took that job and, you know, it was a difficult job going in and and just I've never had to kind of figure out how to win like that. Yeah. You know, get just one eight. And obviously we want to, as coaches, do better uh, if we can. And so he tells me, hey, read this book. And uh, I want you to read it going into this year. And that was the year we won 20 games. So I read the book going into that season because he kept telling me about this book. And uh, I'm like, all right. So Gary Barnett won a national title at Colorado as an assistant coach for football. And he takes the Northwestern job in the Big Ten. Uh, and, and at the time, they were just one of the worst programs in the country. And he blurts out when they introduce him as a coach to all the students and everybody else, uh, I'm going to take purple to Pasadena. And he basically says, I'm going to take Northwestern to the Rose Bowl. And then when he left that, he just says, man, how am I going to get there now? And so he uses analogy of a puzzle. And and that's what I'm going to share right now uh, is when I'm talking culture here. I think we all know what we want our culture to be. So when you buy a puzzle, you know what that puzzle is because you see it on the face of the cover. But when you open the box, what is it? It's chaos. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. Okay, so then how can you build it to that picture? You know, you start by building the borders. And what do those borders represent? You know, and for me, when I took uh, took that job and then when I took this job, I talked to my staff about that. And it starts by building your staff. It starts, you know, for us in college with recruiting. Uh, and you start labeling the border of how you want to accomplish that puzzle, you know, to become the picture that you want it to be. And so this book was really good for me to read because he fails at it first, you know, and and he talks about building that program because he has a bad year his first year, has a bad year his second year, thinks the third year they're turning the corner uh, and they're like three and three. And he thinks, okay, we're, we're about to turn the corner. And then they lose like six straight games. And they go into that fourth year, and he and he has a senior in that third year team, and that senior tells him, "Coach, we were part of the problem. Our mm-hmm. class was, and now that we're gone, you're you're going to get it going." And that fourth year, he takes them to the Rose Bowl, wow. and that class left. But it was just him, just continually build that culture, build that culture, build that culture. And when it got set, because he wasn't changing what he was doing. You know, but that culture got set, that success came from it. And so I, I just thought it was a really good book. I took a lot away from it, uh, you know, and I, I shared it with my staff and, and just kind of the things I took away on, hey, how are we going to build this at Northwestern? How are we going to build this at Angelo State uh, when we got here? 
uh, it was such a chaotic time with the portal. Yeah. I took the job here and there was two guys on the roster and the rest were in the portal. And so I just, you know, Hey, you go back to the, what am I doing here? So we spend the first two weeks re-recruiting guys back into our program. And so I lose two weeks of regular recruiting because of that. So now we're behind the eight ball. And so now it's okay. I need a bunch of players in my first year at Angelo state. And, you know, and they're, they're, I don't want to say pressure because I didn't feel any, but I also felt like I'm in this great job. I'm going to Cinco did such a great, they just won 20 plus games, went to the national tournament. I'm going to win five games my first year and get fired. You know, that that's how I felt. And so when we're recruiting, we're like, okay, we need some winners, you know, and, and the, we had the job six days and I'm telling you, I didn't know what I was doing, but there was a guy on our team. And I said, we are up in our recruiting list. And I said, we got to have him. I said, I don't know what, what we're doing. I don't know what this team's going to look like, but we have to have him. And he was a division one transfer that won a national championship in junior college. And he was just a winner. I mean, he's just one of those kids. He does everything you ask. He's a point guard. He's a leader. And so here I am. I don't know what we're doing, but I told our staff, we got to get him. And so my assistant and I, we do three campus tours, three days in a row. We don't even know the campus. You know, we got to have a visit. Now I'm flying this kid in. I can't even point at buildings and tell him <laughs> what. So we do these campus tours. We bring the kid in and uh, we just sell him a vision, you know, and, and I think, in recruiting and coaching and your culture, you know, it's like that puzzle. You have a vision and we're trying to get him to buy in and believe into our vision. Yeah. Uh, and that kid does, he, he buys into our vision and a couple of days later he signs with us. And I felt good. Cause I was like, okay, we got a winner. And we got guys that's in the program. They've won before. We've added a key piece in, in him as a winner who's won national championship. So he's won at a high level. He knows what it takes. Now we got to go get some more winners. So, you know, we did that. We pieced it together and we had an awesome season. And I'm telling you, it's, it's one that, that I dang sure did not expect. I can tell you that right now. Cause I, it, it was an unbelievable ride, but I'll tell you the hard part. And this, and I, and I know I'm rambling for a while too. No, you're good. But when we're talking about culture, I think you start getting into vision, which leads down another road as well. And I just got done talking to my team about this last night in our first meeting is I thought last year, because it was my first year, I got all these new players, I got a new staff, and we're talking buy-in. I think as coaches, we all talk about buy-in. Yeah. It takes success for people to buy in. Hmm. We, had to, we had to win games, and then kids really started buying in to the style of play, uh, to our identity, to what we wanted to be. They started really buying into our vi vision. So the trick to me now, we're starting a new year. We finished second in the league, and and you know I asked them. I said, if we would have bought into that vision, bought into that, hey, we're buying in early to that identity, would we have finished first in the league? Because it took success for our guys to truly buy in. And so to me, it's okay. How can you create belief without evidence? And I think when you're talking culture, that's what it is: is you're trying to create belief without evidence, and you're trying to get guys to understand, hey. We can be tough. We can be unselfish. You know, those are the characteristics for ours. Uh, we can give back. You know, we can be great people. We can be great students. Uh, you know, we try to challenge our guys uh, academically, athletically, socially. Uh, we try to touch just a little bit spiritually. Uh, every Wednesday for us, we do a devotional. You know, we have uh, our FCA chaplain 
Uh, he comes in and does a 15 minute devotional on Wednesdays. And, and I tell our guys like, Hey, we're going to do this. And I don't know if it's important to you right now, but as you get older, one day, this is going to be important. And I'm hoping the fact that we expose you to it. Yeah. Help it become more important later. Yeah. And so we try to at least touch on the spiritually as well, uh, you know, in that, but all we're trying to do is create belief without evidence, you know, and, I feel like if you can do that, then you can find early success. And to me, it's like any season. If you get off to a great start, you're probably going to have a pretty good year, barring an injury or something like that. So, you know, I think that's the challenge for all of us as coaches is is how do you create belief without evidence? You know, why does it take winning games uh, to create that? And so what else are you doing? Are you doing community service? Are you giving back? You know, are holding kids accountable? Uh, you know, and I think you can find wins. I think you can celebrate success without the win. You know, that's what we yeah. practiced in the locker room at Northwestern. You know, we didn't have to win to practice celebrating how to win. And so uh, to me, I, I don't know. I know that was a long answer on that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do think the locker room is very important. I do think your identity of what you want your team to be and how you want people to view it uh, is important. I do think if you understand the picture of that puzzle, then as a coach, if, if you understand what you want it to be, it's easier to get to that point. A lot to unpack there. And for somebody that doesn't like the word culture, you really did a great job of, but I, I understand what you mean by that. And, and I do, I loved, I loved how you shared it. I I think it's really powerful to connect your standards to be more than basketball, connect it to something outside of basketball, because if it, I think players see through that, if it's just, transactional like do this you'll be a better player we'll win more games have more success but it's just in that moment i don't know maybe you'll get some buy-in like you talked about but man make it make those standards transformational this is gonna not just transform your life but we're gonna affect others lives like that 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 mission is bigger and i think that's one that people can really buy into so i I love that i do want to go back to toughness because I think a question I've always wondered about, like I'm at a school where 98% of these kids, their lives have been pretty darn good. Not perfect, but the fact that they can be here, they can afford to be here, like not not a lot of adversity, you know, for the most part. And I've also had teammates in the past, you know, my senior year, one of our one of our co-captains, he was six eight, huge arms, you know, everybody like Everybody thought he should just be this bruiser, but man, he was our best three-point shooter. He had, he really wanted no point of that, and people would get on him about his lack of toughness. But I just thought, man, he's our he's our best shooter. Let's just be happy about that. But my my question is 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 toughness just something people have, or is there actually something that you can instill in players? I think I'm a believer. You can instill it in players. Um, I think if you look at our team and our teams over the years. And I think it's all college basketball teams. And I think it's the unique thing about college, um, even going back to when you played. There's so many different types of people that come from different backgrounds in that locker room. And what are you trying to do? You're trying to find a common goal. And for us, it's, you know, I tell them, unfortunately, it's got to be done the way I want it. There's 15 of you if you try to do it 15 different ways, we're not going to be successful. But if you do it one way, if you do it the Angelo State way, then we're going to have a chance, you know. So 
But I do think, you know, even in your case, uh, with the type of kids that you have right there, you can instill it. You know, if we're talking basketball, you can do it with basketball. You know, we have uh, drills in our program, and I'm not just talking, hey, we're going to do a tough rebounding drill and try to beat up on each other. Uh, we have drills that mentally challenge our kids, you know, and and again, I, I was very fortunate to work at WT for as long as I did with Coach Cooper. He, he really impacted um, probably a lot of my thoughts, uh, you know, as I progressed throughout my career. Uh, but we had a drill and it was called 40 second shutout and it was a four on four drill. And we wouldn't touch that drill until we covered how to guard screens, how to guard ball screens, you know, how to guard on the ball, what we were exactly looking for. Um, but you had to have everything covered. So all the teaching had to be done. And then we do 40 second shutout. So it may be a week into practice at that stage. But when that drill started and that 40 seconds rolled and you inbounded the ball uh, and it's a half court drill to that player then everything had to be perfect. You know, if uh, your positioning was wrong on the ball, if you're forcing the wrong way, boom, we'd stop it, reset back to 40. Yeah. Days he wanted it to be harder uh, and you're in midline and you weren't in a stance, he'd just stop it. Matt, you're not in a stance. Reset back to 40. And you would be so tired mm-hmm. in that drill because you're trying to do it right. I mean, you really are. You're locking in. Kids are down in a stance. They're competing at a high level. And then the shot goes up. Well, you forget to rebound. So an offensive rebound comes. Boom, back to 40. You reset it again. Yeah. You'll see mentally kids just start to snap. I mean, you just see it. So then it goes back to the thing we were talking about a minute ago. And and this is, to me, how we help teach some of this stuff is we start challenging the other guys. Why don't you go up to them, pat them on the rear, say, hey, you're okay. You know, are you doing those things in that drill? And are you helping your teammate get through that drill? And then if I got a weak link, and we'll do that at times, we'll put three really good guys out there and a weaker guy out there. Am I going to compete and play even harder to make up for the fact that I have a lesser guy on my team? Yeah. Or we're going to be in this drill for a while. And I'm just using that drill as an example. Well, but yeah. I think to get guys to raise their level. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do when we talk about toughness. You know, I, I'm not talking about going in there and just, knocking somebody out and being as physical as you can be you know to me toughness is okay the game's on the line when we got to get this stop is are all five guys going to block out yeah do they all execute right do what they need to do you know at that moment you know are they mentally tough enough to understand their assignments and complete it on offense are they going to execute are they going to screen are they going to make the right pass are they going to make the right cut you know, are they going to do those things on offense? Because then that's, to me, toughness as well. And we talk yeah. about toughness on both sides of the ball. And I think a lot of coaches only talk about toughness on defense. Uh, we talk about being tough on offense, you know, or are you going to set body-to-body screens? You know, are you going to touch somebody in a day where the game is changing, where the referees don't want this game to be as physical anymore? But are are you going to are you gonna be tough by doing your assignment and going to crash for an offensive rebound? You know, to me, that's toughness. And so we start to define what toughness really is and what it means in our program. And that goes back to accountability then. Yeah. And so to me, you know, if toughness and you're trying to instill it and it can be as simple as crashing the offensive glass. If you can hold them accountable to that, then all of a sudden you're instilling toughness on the offensive end just as much as you are defense. And, and that's why I said to me, a lot of coaches think that toughness just comes on the defensive end yeah. and, and on both ends. We, we try to have toughness in our program overall. 
And and that's why I said it like that. And I didn't just say defensive toughness for us. And, and you know, for us, we want to be good defensively. There's no doubt about it. But I want to be tough on offense. You know, I, I want our bigs uh, to position themselves to run to, you know, we put an X on the floor uh, at the rim and we always say run to the X, you know, run to the front of the rim and spin and pin, go make contact, spin and pin. To yeah. me, that's so are you going to veer off and run to the block and not do your job? You know, so I do think you can have toughness on both ends of the floor. And I think if you're holding them accountable, then you're helping instill that into your program. And, you know, I don't think you have to yell and scream and everything else to get that out of them. You can. Uh, at times I do. And, I, you know, I'm an aggressive coach at times. And I don't have a problem admitting that, you know, because we get the right guys in our program that like to be coached. That's why I said we're going to love them hard. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you have a relationship with that player and you show them you care, then you're going to be able to push on them a little bit harder, you know, but I think you coach everybody differently. You know, I don't, we talk about it all the time. I've, I've heard some of your podcasts and I've heard smarter coaches than me even say on your podcast, you can't coach everybody the same. And we try not to, you know, we don't, we don't coach everybody the same. Now we're going to hold everybody accountable. We're going to have a standard. We're going to have an expectation to hold them to those things, but I don't have to coach everybody the same. Man, I do love the idea that toughness isn't just physicality. And I think you're right on the money. I think that's what people think is we've got a tough team. That means they use their hands a lot. They hit people hard. And, well, we do have fouls. So you got to be really smart with the level of physicality that you're playing with. But to me, I do think it can be instilled. And I think it's more of that you set your standards, but you hold their feet to the fire. You like you've been saying, you've been saying you hold them accountable. Where I think you lose toughness is when you allow slippage. When if, if toughness to us is all four guys crashing, everybody but the shooter, and we don't hold them accountable to that, then we're not that tough. We're allowing slippage. And so, yeah, that you're right on the money. I mean, if whether it's you by yourself or you have a couple assistants uh, that around, we are the ones that hold the line because. People naturally, kids naturally, if there's rules in place, they want to see how close. I mean, when kids are little and you say that's hot, they're going to get their hands so close to really see, is it hot? They're going to test those boundaries. So we hold that line. But then going back, I think, a little bit to the celebrations that you've created, I think that's where you reinforce that those standards even more is when they do hold them. When you're holding them to the fire and they come through, man, you celebrate the crap out of that. And it just becomes more and more like they they want to be a part of that way. They want to see that success and it breeds more. So I love what you said about toughness there. I just, it becomes contagious. That's right. Yeah. And, and I do think, you know, and when you're talking, you know, whether it's toughness, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be, and we're talking about celebrating success and everything else, I think you got to acknowledge it. You know, I think you, when they do it right, you got to acknowledge it. You got to, you know, we're talking about accountability. And a lot of times accountability is when a kid does something incorrect. Are you fixing it? You know, are you holding, you said feet to their, fire, you know, feet to the fire. But I, you also said, hey, celebrate success. We have to acknowledge when they do it right, because if toughness is, which what we're talking about right now is something you're looking for they don't know what exactly we're looking for as coaches. So do we have clarity in what we're saying? And, and No doubt. Saying? A coach walking up and down the side, we got to be tough today or, or communication. I hear that all the time. We got to talk. We got to talk. Well, what do you really want? Like, do you want mindless chatter? 
You just want them to be like the outfielder, just, just or the infield, just making chants, you know, bad about about hey, bad. like no, no, we want them sp- to know specifically what to say. So I've always asked players, like, what? Why are players quiet? And they'll give me different reasons, and I would say, I the main reason is that they don't truly know what they're supposed to say. So when we, as coaches, when we define it, when we articulate it clearly, then we give them the ability to be great communicators or do whatever we're asking them to do. But to just say things uh, uh, without having those clear standards defined, man, I think you're really going to feel some frish, friction from your players and you're going to get frustrated. They're going to be frustrated, but it all comes back to what we're teaching them. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.